Wealth management is not just for the wealthy. Everyone is entitled to their best retirement possible. Welcome to The Retirement Engineer with Jim Cruzan, your path to a bigger, bolder retirement. Brought to you by Caden Wealth Management, a firm that specializes in serving the mobility technology industry. In this podcast, we help you maximize your resources and engineer your best retirement through a process-driven approach so you can get the little things right. Drawing from years of expertise, Jim and his guests will simplify complex wealth management strategies and explore actionable ideas to help you protect your hard-earned wealth and take control of your future. Now, on to the show. If you have a health issue, would you go to a generalist or a specialist? This can also apply to retirement planning. Most financial advisors are generalists. They'll work with people from all walks of life. This episode explores what it's like working with a specialist in the financial services industry. In this case, it's retirement planning for the mobility technology industry. Jim, help me here. Give me a definition of mobility technology. How do you define this group of people? Well, it's really simple. They're folks who either design, engineer, or manufacture modes of technology that move people or things from one location to another. So think of that as the auto industry, the aeronautical engineering industry. Think of that as Hmm. defense contractors. You may be moving people or things via a car or a truck. You may be moving through airplanes. You may be moving troops or missiles through one means of technology or another. Essentially, most of our clients are technicians, engineers, scientists, they are uh, managers, executives within that uh, that space. Yeah, when you define it that way, it's a much bigger pool of people than I would have imagined. It's a it's a sizable pool, but they they have some unique characteristics. To a large degree, they work for large corporations, uh, so they're they're creating their wealth over a long period of time. And you know, we're not working with. As an example, entrepreneurs who might come in and say, hey, guess what? I sold the, the business my grandfather started 80 years ago, and here's a big check. What do we do now? <laughs> These people scrimped and saved and denied spending. And as a result, they've created a, a little nest egg uh, that they hope will last the rest of their life. But boy, oh boy, is this nest egg personal because it's a, 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 a accumulation of years of toil and, and sweat. So we, we appreciate that. We understand that. And, and I, I think people in that space are just really cool. Well, that answers one of my questions here. Why this space? Yeah. Well, as a young child, we moved from Chicago to Detroit. So I got acclimated to the Detroit area very, uh, very quickly. And, and as a young kid, I, I would read the hot rod magazines and the car <laughs> magazines. And, and as a young teenager, uh, I spent uh, most evenings and weekends and summers in one of my buddies' garage. We rebuilt cars. We rebuilt a, a 57 Chevy. We re- rebuilt a, a 1968 Dodge Dart. I owned the 66 Whoa. Mustang. I owned the 73 Challenger. I just love gas aspirated, high performance engines. And uh, I love the people who can put all this stuff together. It's just absolutely amazing. The other thing that I realized later is the uh, skill set uh, necessary to be a really good engineer 
isn't that dissimilar from the skill set needed to be a really good financial advisor. To be a good engineer, you obviously have to have some mathematical aptitude. You've got to be logical in your approach. You've got to have attention to detail. Uh, That's critical. You've got to be analytical. You have to be a good communicator. And I don't necessarily mean just being able to communicate your thoughts and ideas, but you really have to hear the other person. Understand what is this problem that we have to fix? And it also goes to to say that we we need a high degree of problem solving and also kind of creative being able to think outside the box. If you took all those attributes and added caring and compassion, it's the same skill set necessary to be a really good financial advisor. So I, I think to a large degree, a lot of our clients seek us out, use our services because we, we approach the problem of retirement planning, the problem of investment management, quite similar to the way they would approach an engineering issue or a manufacturing issue. And I think at some point in one's career, it becomes less about the how. Because all the while they went through school and were developing in their career, it was all about the how. They needed to know how to do these things. But at some point, it flips. Maybe it's because they're spending more time on their career. Maybe they realize they need to spend more time with their family. Maybe there are experiences and things that they'd like to be able to participate in, but it no longer becomes the how, it becomes the who. Who can I hire and, and give the responsibility to taking care of me and my family, but also know that they're going to take a, a more scientific approach, something that this individual, this manager, this executive, this engineer is really quite familiar with and comfortable with as well. I take issue with one thing you said. I give you great kudos and credit, engineers and communication. My father was an engineer. <laughs> Those two rarely go together very well. So if you can well, speak to engineers. <laughs> I, I, I think I know the secret sauce. And maybe your dad <laughs> couldn't communicate with you, but I bet he could communicate pretty well with another engineer. He probably could. <laughs> so now, how is planning with these individuals different? Yeah, so so to to a large degree, there's there's a lot of the same <clears throat> blocking and 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 tackling, and, and what I mean by that is a lot of the strategies and tactics and techniques that are being used um, can be used commonly throughout retirement planning, financial planning, etc. But because we are so niche, we have the ability to look at friction points that our clients have through the course of, of, of work, course of career, and we just try to eliminate some of that friction. So we create services and, and solutions that can help these clients in particular. As an example, we realized that we had a number of young engineers graduating out of an engineering program, going to work, commanding a very high salary, first time in their life, 
they have student loans to deal with. They've got mm-hmm. retirement planning to deal with. They're putting a household together. And really, because they are Henry's, high earners, not rich yet, there's no wealth there for a firm to be able to latch on and provide service. So we created a subscription service where for a, a, a monthly fee, they will have the ability to have access to one of our wealth managers who can help answer those questions, become the backstop, provide solid footing that'll pay huge, huge dividends down the road. We found that the auto industry, as an example, is is really in flux. Uh, I think we'll touch on this in, in, in a little bit, but we have a number of clients who will leave their career and then decide to do consulting. And we found that that was happening more often than not. So we developed a a suite of services there where we can install a one-person 401k, provide the disability insurance, life insurance, some of the benefits that they were used to getting while they were working so they can continue to build wealth for their ultimate retirement while they're now consulting as an independent contractor. And then thirdly, we have clients who mid-career decide they, they might like to move elsewhere, do something else with another firm. We've had a number of clients who've done that over the years. And because we work in this space, we know many of the benefit programs at a lot of the large employers, GM, Ford, Honeywell, McDonnell Douglas, Boeing, on and on. And it's very easy for us to help our clients get a a picture for what accumulation would look like where they're at based on the benefits that are available today, or where things might look like if they were to move based on the benefits that are available at that other firm. And in some cases, if they were using a headhunting firm, it gave them the opportunity to go back and say, hey, I need a signing bonus, or I need a bit more, so these numbers will equalize out. Those are things that we would never have been able to provide if we hadn't had the ability to go deep within our niche and really understand our clients' pain points. With the stress and yet turmoil in the auto industry, especially lately, also in aerospace though, have you seen more workers coming to you saying, I could use some advice here? We have, and and that's an area that we continue to uh, work through. It wasn't that long ago that one of the large auto manufacturers announced a, a headcount reduction. And, and a lot of that headcount reduction was happening uh, within uh, the engineering space. Mm-hmm. So we uh, you know, made sure we communicated with our existing clients and said, hey, we're, we're out here and available for, uh, for consultation if anybody needs help. And, and that was, was really quite uh, successful. Uh, but if you look at the auto industry as an example, and the same is true in, in, in the aeronautical and engineering industry as well, but if you look at uh, auto, there's a huge change happening. There's this huge shift to electrified vehicles away from traditional mm-hmm. gas-aspirated powertrain where you have an engine, you have a transmission, you have a torque converter, et cetera. And, and those things are moving out. So imagine the shift that's going to happen over the next couple of years. You don't need nearly as many mechanical engineers because you're not developing parts for transmissions and torque converters and engines. And you might very well need more 
uh, electrical engineers or chemical engineers because you're dealing with batteries and electric engines. Also, the business model is changing. The auto companies today are doing much more than just delivering and selling a vehicle. They kind of own our digital and mobility entertainment Mm -hmm. and technology and communication. And a lot of companies, GM and others, are developing vast revenues off of subscription models, OnStar, et cetera. So in the near future, there may very well be a need for far more computer engineers and computer programmers and software engineers than the traditional mechanical engineer that we always thought of with respect to that industry. So with that turmoil comes opportunity, but also with that turmoil comes this this risk of being displaced, being kind of re-engineered, reorganized out of a position. So that's why some of these other services that we provide can really help with our client. Well, this moves beautifully right into my next question. The strategies you use, are they applicable to anyone planning for retirement or really are they only specific to mobility tech? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the interesting thing. Once we've kind of developed and I identified the, the, the friction and the pain point and developed this other level of service, there is the ability to apply that to other industries. Yes, we're very niche focused. Yes, the vast majority of our clients fall within mobility technology. But that does not mean that we don't have some teachers as clients or physicians as clients, because a lot of the services that we provide, the approach to financial planning, the approach to portfolio management, the level of care with respect to relationship management, those things are transferable, and they certainly have the ability to be applied elsewhere. All right. If I'm listening to this podcast and I'm in mobility technology, what are two to three bits of advice or areas of focus I should be paying attention to when it comes to accumulating my assets and, yes, planning for retirement? Well, one one in particular is 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 fairly general, but it's something that everybody should take a look at. And, and that is be cognizant of um, asset location and the respective tax situation within that location. And, and let me just explain. Most people within our niche work for large corporations and they participate, as I said before, in large employer-based savings programs, 401k, HSA, and the like. And to a large degree, we find that as we get closer and closer to retirement, the vast majority of their liquid retirement wealth happens to be in these 401ks and such. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of those dollars happen to be pre-tax, which means that this whole big bucket of money available in retirement is all going to come out as ordinary income. So what we try to do is coach people early on that it's important to be able to kind of triangulate the assets. Yes, you want some pre-tax, tax-deductible contributions. Think of that as traditional 401k. You want a tax-free bucket 
Think of that as Roth contributions or after-tax contributions that can be converted to Roth or HSA contributions. And then you want what I would call tax-preferred. And tax-preferred are just uh, is just a general investment account. With a general investment account, a jointly held account, a trust account, an individual account, when you pull money out of that account, unlike an IRA, it's not a taxable event. The taxable event is what we had to do within the account to create that liquidity. And very often, we can play some games with respect to those assets in terms of selling something for a loss and using the loss to offset a gain elsewhere. So you'd be amazed at how much cash flow can be generated from that type of an account with very little tax loading. So it's important to think of that as you're starting to participate in employer plans and think of that in terms of how you should allocate dollars so that at the end of the day, you have multiple buckets with differing tax locations. The other bit of advice I would uh, would, would offer, especially with uh, engineers uh, in industries that are being somewhat disrupted, you want to really kind of focus on your career. Your career is essentially absolutely, without a doubt, your single best investment. And there may very well be some opportunities here for advancement by thinking a bit outside of the box. Let me give you just a quick example. We know that transmissions, torque converters, differentials, those things in the future will not have quite the same demand as they do today because they'll be replaced by electrified vehicles. But we aren't certain as to how long that'll be. You know, 10 years from now, we may be still driving around in gasoline-fueled vehicles, and we'll need all that stuff. But eventually, down the road, that would be the case. Well, there's an awful lot of folk who are beginning to leave transmissions, regular engines, uh, engine manufacturing, engine engineering, and moving to electrification, because that's the future. Well, if you're a middle-aged, mid-career individual, you might find that there's a lot of competition over in this electrification space. You might find that you can see over the next five, 10 years, some pretty significant increases, additional responsibilities by reverting back to transmissions or some of these Mm -hmm. other areas Mm -hmm. that might not have a really long runway, but certainly could have a runway that would certainly extend beyond your expected retirement date. And by gaming the system a bit and kind of focusing strategically on what that looks like, you'd be surprised. Any movement like that certainly would add to in increased uh, savings, increased contribution, executive compensation, at the end of the day, perhaps a bigger, bolder retirement by just making some critical career choices as well. That's a very interesting way to look at a career. Yeah. Look at the runway, see how long it goes. Correct. And, and it's also another reference point as to why having a a deep knowledge in a particular niche, you understand some of those issues that are going on and we can afford and provide counsel and and advice in in some of those areas that generally would be outside of the scope of what one would 
talk about with a with a financial advisor. Jim, how can someone reach you if they've got questions and want to talk further? The easiest way of reaching us is uh, our website, cadenwealth.com. And the uh, and then once you're there, click on the get started button and that'll start your journey to a bigger, bolder retirement. And how about a phone number? 1-800-638-6900. Very good. Listeners, again, take some action. Subscribe to this podcast. Make sure your friends and colleagues know about it too. Share with them. I'm Patrice Sikora. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to The Retirement Engineer with Jim Cruzan. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.cadenwealth.com or give us a call at 800-638-6900. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of Jim Cruzan and this episode's guests, not necessarily those of Caden Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.